and welcome to Pottermania. I'm Ash. And I'm Yasmina. We hope you guys are doing very well today. And if anyone is tuning into our podcast, thank you. Please do make sure to share this with your friends and family who may be interested. So in today's episode, we're focusing on parallels uh, between the wizarding world and our own. Uh, Today's episode is a little bit heavy, but quite interesting nonetheless. Um, We really did enjoy drawing similarities between the fictional world and our own. Uh, So the first topic that we will be discussing is bullying. Perfect. So just to start off, um, I think bullying was shown from the first book in the Philosopher's Stone itself um, during onward where he was shown to be mistreated and sidelined from the Dursleys who were his own family himself. They kept treating him as though he was worthless um, as shown in the instances in the books where Harry was locked in his own cupboard. He was shown to just be like given the cupboard as his own room Um, and the room itself was very like dusty, small, like filled with spiders Um, and there were several other instances in the books as well where Vernon and Aunt Petunia would just chide him for being different and they would keep downgrading him in comparison to Dudley himself, who was honestly the epitome of like useless. He was like one of the most useless characters in um, the books. So I think bullying, there were many encounters of it started off from the first book itself. Yeah. Um, and um, sorry, but to, to build off of that, you know, aside from the bullying from the Dursleys that we mm-hmm. see on First Encounter, um, Harry also has to deal with Draco's bitter remarks and constant bullying throughout the series. So, um, you know, this bullying obviously initially stems from bitterness towards Harry. We see that in the, you know, first few scenes. Um, Draco wants to shake hands with Harry and become friends, but Harry rejects him. And then it also continues as a result of jealousy from Harry because he's getting all this attention uh, from teachers and students at Hogwarts. Um, you know, we obviously see this this in our society as well. Like, it's very common to experience bullying at some point in your life, be it throughout middle school or high school. And mm-hmm. I really think that Harry handled it pretty well. I mean, uh, which is something that I truly respected about his character. Uh, because if I'm being honest, if I was in his place, I would not be able to handle this. Um, but aside from the bullying from Draco, the recurring theme in the series was Snape's bullying towards students of different houses, mainly Gryffindor. And uh, mm-hmm. his clear favoritism towards the Slytherins Um, and unfortunately his prime targets within Gryffindor were Harry and Neville and occasionally Hermione Um, and you know we would constantly see him tormenting and belittling Neville which leads him to lose even more confidence in his abilities and you know we also see that because of that as a result of that Snape becomes Neville's worst fear um his Bogart um and in addition to that we see the same treatment with Hermione when you know he calls her an insufferable know-it-all he also makes cruel remarks towards her when she was hit by the engorgement spell and her buck teeth grew and you know when you're young and still growing these remarks can have a significant impact on your self-esteem and confidence and personally I feel like it was cruel and unnecessary um but lastly 
it's his loathing of Harry. Um, although I do understand that it was all part of the plan to protect Harry. I do feel like in some instances it was a bit unnecessary to put Harry through the additional trauma. Um, and, you know, S Snape sometimes went a little too far um, with Harry, especially, you know, when he stopped teaching him alchemy. Definitely. And just, uh, you know, building off of what you said and a bit of a contrasting opinion to that. Um, but like you mentioned with Snape, he did portray a lot of bullying related tendencies, especially the ones towards Neville. Um, they were very like difficult to read and also watch in the movies. But I think it can be, you know, understood that his intention itself was for the greater good. And his character itself was a bit of a flawed character. So even though like I'm not in support of the bullying tactics that he used, I think it was just to mask his real intentions. And it's fair to say that he was doing it for the greater good. Um, and because he was meant to be relaying information from Voldemort, like I said, um, he had to play the part of an evil bully in a way so that his, yeah. like his true identity wouldn't be revealed. Mm -hmm. um, but just building off of that, I think one of the most hated characters from the series um, and shown in the Order of the Phoenix and one of the biggest bullies, I think it's fair to say, was Professor Umbridge, who's not only just a bully, but also a sadist as well, because her intentions itself were completely wrong. Um, she clearly did show a lot of self-loathing towards Harry. Um, and there was that one scene that I think everybody remembers from the books and movies where, you know, she um, tries to teach Harry a lesson and um, she pulls him aside to her office and makes him copyright the lines where it says, I must not tell lies. But she actually uses her special quill, which induces the blood from his hands in place of ink. Um, and I think in true form, that is a horrible form of bullying and you know she does have horrible. a lot of sadistic tendencies so she physical I think pain exactly i think she itself is the biggest bully i mean aside from voldemort um but one of the biggest bullies from the series itself fair yeah. to say and she does hold the title i feel definitely definitely even though she, she takes the cake yeah, even though she was there for only a short period of time, I do think that when you're comparing her to Draco and Snape, although a lot of characters are flawed and, you know, it doesn't mean that Snape and Draco weren't awful in their own ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Professor Umbridge, a lot of people may also, you know, some people argue and say that she's even worse than Voldemort because of just her methodology. So she was. She is because she's a delusional character. And I think yes. the thing is, like, even though Draco was a bully and I'm not like excusing any of his actions, he mm -hmm. still was like, you know, young, trying to figure himself off, like out. Umbridge was a grown ass woman. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, she. I think the thing was she was very delusional and she kept thinking that she was this righteous person. Um, she felt that her way of schooling and teaching the kids was right, but it was just very harmful, like mentally traumatic. And yeah, I mean, she, a lot of people find her character to be very interesting because, you know, she is another flawed, but 
psychotic character. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the biggest bully and one of the most hated characters from the series. Exactly. Um, so the second parallel that we found is uh, the the topic and the concept of discrimination. So we mm-hmm. noticed that throughout the series, blood status is such a key element. Um, we see examples of pure bloods, mainly the Malfoys, um, looking down upon Muggleborn wizards as well as any pure blood that supports Muggleborns. Um, and obviously we do see f- similar forms of discrimination in our society um, towards people of minority groups. And, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who is of minority and a woman, I can attest to that, especially in the workplace. Um, but aside from discrimination towards people of different blood status, uh, there's also prejudice towards non-wizard beings, uh, such as goblins, centaurs, and house elves. Um, You know, goblins, for example, aren't given the same rights as wizards. They're not allowed to use wands to channel their magical abilities, and we hear a lot about that um, through history of magic. Um, Centaurs, on the other hand, they are perceived as being very intelligent by most wizards, but the discrimination towards them is portrayed through uh, their confinement. They're limited to a certain land that is determined by the Ministry of Magic itself, and they can't really live outside of that confined land. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also referred to as having animalistic behavior. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, but um, in the Order of the Phoenix, Hermione calls friends a horse. So that is an apparent discrimination towards uh, centaurs. And lastly, house elves. Um, they're, the, they're the ones who receive the worst and most apparent form of discrimination. Um, I mean, and due, due to their nature, they're expected to serve wizards. And as such, they tend to accept the worst forms of abuse um, they receive. Um, so... Moving on and, you know, just building off of what you had mentioned, as shown, the inequality and prejudice, um, it's an ongoing theme throughout the books and even in the movies. And like you mentioned, there's a huge discrimination amongst house elves versus like the wizards and witches. Um, House elves in this realm are considered to be slaves and... Mm -hmm you know, they're branded as owned by their masters. There are several examples where it's shown like throughout the series, but I think one of the most evident ones was in the Chamber of Secrets when we see Lucius Malfoy kicking Dobby down the stairs. Um, And it was just shown that Dobby could only be free from his master. I think it's a a thing with all house elves if they're presented with new clothing. So in that scene, Harry actually hit a sock in one of the empty books. And that kind of freed him from Lucius because he had presented him with new clothes. But it's just very, you know, like you mentioned, it's very disturbing because house elves were branded. And it is a weird but you know, unsettling form of like slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think throughout the series, they are one of the more like loyal characters too. So seeing that kind of a prejudice shown towards them is very difficult to watch for sure. And um, you had mentioned it in your points too, but another underlying prejudice was shown among the magical creatures like dragons, hippogriffs, goblins, even though these are characters that were presented throughout the books and movies. 
um, they weren't given enough credit and screen time, but they were also treated with a lot of compassion, which was shown in um, throughout the series as well. We saw the example in the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, during the time when Buckbeak, um, yes. who's a hippogriff, was sentenced mm-hmm. to death for no valid reason. And even though um, he did hurt Dra- Draco, it was more of an act of defense. And yeah. that wasn't really like taken into consideration and um, then there was also the example of Hagrid's half-brother, Grop, who was shown to be hidden in the forest. Um, and Hagrid kept stating that he had to hide Grop because he's a half-giant, half, um, I think he was a half-human, correct me if I'm wrong. But yes. a lot, it's half-human, right? But I think mm-hmm. um, the reason he no. mentioned was that... Sorry, sorry, I think he's a complete giant. He's a complete giant? Okay, I thought I he was a half so. something, but... Uh, like more or less what I was trying to say is he had to keep him hidden because a lot of people assumed that because he was a giant, he's violent and dangerous. But I think, you know, in the movies itself, you saw that he was just a real sweetheart. Um, And it's just really sad that even though many of these characters in the realm rely on the basis of magical creatures, goblins, um, hippogriffs, they're always sidelined, mistreated, and, you know, kind of shown as disposable. So Mm -hmm. definitely is very sad but it is one of the forms of discrimination that's shown and another one that's a bit more underlying is the whole separation of the houses although it might not have been the intention um, the separation of the houses in a way caused differentiation amongst the characters it was a form of like categorization Um, one thing that I noticed was people automatically assumed that if someone was a Slytherin, they were considered more vicious, never had the best intentions. Um, and a lot of the characters in the books judged each other. And even us, like reading the series, used to judge people based on the houses exactly. that they were in. Hufflepuffs, they were considered neglected. to be more caring, neglected, but also one of the weaker houses, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily always the case because we saw Cedric Diggory was from there. And in the Goblet of Fire, he was shown to be one of the most like courageous, um, you know, one of the strongest characters. And he came from Hufflepuff. He was mm-hmm. one of the strongest competitors, not at all weak. Um, and unintentionally, you know, even though it may not have like meant to be the case, people did start to like match personalities and discriminate people based on the houses of the characters. Um, and I think with the previous episode, that's why me and Yasmina, I think it's fair to say, are completely in support of the idea of hybrid houses, because it's not necessary to categorize someone, someone's personality and a character, you know, because they're from one specific house. Yeah. And to just confine them to a specific house. And uh, personally, like when I was thinking of the topic of discrimination, my mind went completely to like blood status or non-wizard beings. But I completely overlooked the fact that even houses within Hogwarts, the students were categorized and confined into specific houses that Mm -hmm. had very apparent characteristics. And if you belong to that house, you were considered to be just this is all that you brought to the table, those characteristics. And so it was like Gryffindors are the cool ones. Uh, They're, you know, the brave ones and the whole story. Slytherins are the vicious ones. Exactly. And Ravenclaw, you know, were smart, but what did they bring to the table? You know what I mean? So that's why, like, I'm really glad that, you know, we brought up the whole hybrid houses. Um, It's one of the more, like, underlying differentiations, um, 
within the books and series because you're right Mm -hmm. a lot of people do think about like the creatures the house elves but it's it's something that's definitely there with it that's evident in the series and so i'm i'm kind of glad we brought it to you know to the table Um, But moving on, another parallel that we thought of discussing was government control. And um, Yasmina, do you want to start off with that? Yeah. So with uh, government control, uh, the first time that we're exposed to extensive government control is actually during the Order of the Phoenix. Um, We see firsthand that they are interfering into Hogwarts. Uh, The Ministry of Magic is interfering at Hogwarts and they're trying to control the education. And obviously this is a parallel to our world uh, where the government oftentimes, if not all the times, they control the kind of information that's available to the youth. Um, And, you know, that's why I'm kind of thankful to some social media platforms because I feel like they educate us about things that we may have never known about had we just been you know, um, focused on everything that we studied in school and everything that the media feeds us. Um, Mm -hmm. Another example of government control is the Daily Prophet. So there is actually a parallel between Daily Prophet and our own media. Um, And when we draw a comparison, we notice that the Daily Prophet only publishes content that's interesting to consumers rather rather than the actual truth. And we also see how the Ministry of Magic controls the media and censors content that, you know, they don't want to expose to the general public, which we see with uh, Voldemort's return. Um, And I feel that's very similar to today's uh, news outlets as well. And, you know, hence why it's very important. And I always encourage people and myself to kind of dig dig um, deeper into news. Don't take everything at face value. Do a little bit more of your own research before making um, any judgment. Um, And the last point that I wanted to talk about in terms of government control, um, it's inept government. And we see that in the Order of the Phoenix again. Uh, We see how Fudge denies the return of Voldemort and how the government handles the situation as a whole. And uh, we can actually draw a parallel here because that's how a lot of the governments have dealt with the pandemic outbreak. And, you know, just like the Ministry of Magic, if they tackled the problem from the beginning, went into lockdown, limited travel, we would not be in a lockdown multiple (laughs) times for a long period. So, um, of course, that's where I uh, found the parallels when it comes to uh, government control. Um, And our last point that we're going to be discussing is wealth disparity. I know, Ash, you had a lot to say about that. Yes. And so wealth disparity was also another like parallel that we picked up amongst the series and our current day life. I think this also ties into the whole like social status and job positions. Um, We're kind of in a world where job positions are very much looked into Um, social status, even though it may not want to be defined is something that's very evident amongst a lot of people. And it was clearly shown in the series um, between Lucius Malfoy and Arthur Weasley, Lucius was shown to have a bit more of like a higher social status because he had extremely close connections with the Ministry of Magic. He had a very high uh, position status due to his aristocracy. Aristot- 
aristocratic, sorry, pure bloodline and lineage and family history. Therefore, he kind of had a bit more of an elitist attitude since his overall family and, you know, him, they were all like pretty well off. So in that reason, he would kind of belittle a lot of the characters and look down upon people that didn't have a similar social status to him. One of the characters was Arthur Weasley, because in the books itself, Arthur was shown to be working at a muggle artifacts office. And, you know, I think he was like a middle class sort of social status. Mm -hmm. His career was always known to be sabotaged consistently because of Lucius's interference, because Lucius had a higher status and had a bit more authority over his work. So that is like a huge um, commonality amongst like our lives and their life. Um, There is this whole thing regarding, you know, status within like work, needing to be in like a high position, um, you know, certain like, you know, if you have a more of a managerial position, you do have more of a say and more of like an authority you can have more of an authoritative attitude and one thing that I do want to mention regarding this is it's really important to you know self-reflect and even if you do have a bit more of like a higher job position understand that in the end that doesn't give you the authority to look over others or step over others I know that not everyone has this attitude um career-wise or even you know in their personal life but there is a lot of work that needs to be done with regards to women in business women in the workplace being given their fair share their fair due um and i know that we're working towards this but that's one of the similarities that i did catch um yeah yeah and i mean to just add to wealth disparity um we do see that you know if you have money you can buy your way into a higher position within the ministry of magic i wasn't sure if you mentioned this but i'm sure you did um yeah but you know and so it's instead of you know having a specific position based on your skill set and your experience it was more of if you have the gold you can buy your way through and buy your way to the top. And uh, basically, yeah. I agree. And I think one difference that I'd like to add, even though this is an episode about parallels, is that, you know, nowadays it's really nice because with job positions, even when people are hiring, they're not just looking at previous work experiences that you've had or, you know, if you've worked in a big company or not. I think people are really valuing skill sets Um, experience and not necessarily work experience but life experience whereas you know in the series itself you know like you mentioned you could buy your way into a certain um, if you had more money like and a higher social status you were given like more preference and more importance and I think that's something that's very much like changing with our current day society but there are still a lot of people out there that do have the belief that having a higher job position and having a higher social status gives them the authority to, you know, portray themselves as a bigger and better person. I'm not saying this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it is a society that's changing and that's evolving and there's a lot we can do to work towards it. But I think it was definitely a lot more, kind of orthodox within the books compared to the movies but it makes sense because it was that era and it was that time period for sure 
Exactly. And that's what I usually tell myself. Like if there's a concept or a specific moment in the book that I find controversial, I kind of try to think of what was the mindset at that specific time when the book was written. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes that kind of helps me understand, okay, at that specific time, this was socially acceptable or this was how things were done. Um, And that kind of allows me to take it lightly um, because, you know, as you progress and as we move forward, some things become a little more controversial, a little bit more sensitive. Whereas, you know, like I said, this book, this franchise has been ongoing for like 20 three years there's bound to be at some point where you feel like some things are a little bit problematic but also as you get older the more you read the books and dive in the more you notice and notice things that you may have overlooked the first time um definitely yeah for sure yeah. and um just one more thing to mention with that too and you know with re- like regards to the parallel and i might have mentioned it is you know it is true that sometimes people you know, with a certain social status or with a certain connection, it's easier for them to receive an offer from a specific company or a job position if they know someone there. But like I said, I think it is changing and people are starting to prefer other skill sets and, um, you know, connections, even though it does give a person a specific advantage and a specific edge. It's um, people are starting to look at other candidates with their experience and their skill set and what they have instead of just accepting them immediately because maybe they have a connection in a specific company. So that is um, something that I just wanted to add in in case it wasn't mentioned. But um, thank you so much for tuning into our second Pottermania episode. Um, We hope you enjoyed our discussion and we will catch you next week to discuss mental health and its representation in the wizarding world as I do believe it is a very important topic and does really relate to Mm -hmm. all of us, especially during this quarantine time. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ash. And I'm Yaz. Take care and stay safe, y'all. Bye. Bye.